Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Yevamos Daf Ayin Ches, and we're starting uh, seven lines down or so at the Tanur Rabbanon Ayin Ches We're in the midst of discussing the sugya about a Mitzri and an Adomi, and when they are allowed to enter into the Jewish people. Um, and we're going to start with a brisa that uh, speaks about uh, this sugya. Here we go. Tanur Rabbanon. If the pasuk says Yim Ne'emar Bonim Lama Ne'emar Doros, the Yim Ne'emar Doros Lama Ne'emar Bonim. In regards to the Adomi and the Mitzri, why does the pasuk say Bonim their children and Doros? We know a couple of generations and everyone's fine. So why is it that it has to say both Bonim and Doros? So the Gemara says Yim Ne'emar Bonim Lo Ne'emar Doros. If we only had sons, then I might have thought Ha'isi Omer Ben Rishon Rishani Asr Shlishi Moter that it's not about generations; it's number of children that you have, and therefore the first two kids are off limits, but the third one is Mutter to, to be Doros to say that, no, it's not the number of children, but in fact, it is the generations. If we only had Doros and not children, then maybe the din only applied to the Adomi and to the and to the Mitzri that were present at Harsina, the Kachnem Arbanim, to say, no, we're actually talking about current generations. And uh, continuing to analyze the Pasuk, Lahem, Mehem, Mano, that that first generation is generation one. They're not generation zero, they're generation one. It says Lahem another time in the Pasuk, that when there are two parents, one who's a Pasal and one's not, we always look at the Pasal in this particular case. So we're going to be discussing over the course of uh, the first Amud today, different forms of when we follow the mom and when we follow the dad. Uh, just to be clear, obviously for halachic purposes, when we're establishing Jewish status, it's really not much to talk about. We ignore the father's status. Um, I've done a number of brises over the years where parents or mothers, I should say, conceived through a sperm donor, a sperm bank. They go pick out tall, dark, and handsome was a really good education. And they, they do in vitro fertilization and voila, they have babies. So this has happened a number of times, twice uh, in clear memory of uh, families that did this. One of them had twins and another one had, this was the Diblings terminology I shared with you, Diblings, you heard? Mm -hmm. Donor siblings. They go for like Saturday morning picnics. It's amazing. Okay. Anyways, uh, we're going to be discussing different, what? Is it an issue because they were, they were conceived the Isser? Why were they conceived the Isser? No Tash Mishamita. IVF. No, I know. The IVF to get the donation. No. Well, I guess for a bike doesn't matter. Might have even been a yid, but that's not that's not a masturbation. The Sheikh Vazir is not a psul to the Zara. That's not a psul to the Zara. Well, the fact that it's, I mean, it's not misarabama, it's an but it's still. It's just an avera. <laughs> but it has no effect on the child. No. No. I mean, a lot of fertility treatments are done that way. If a woman is a nida and they have to collect a sperm sample to pair it with an egg to make an embryo, so some post can write that masturbation is permitted because it's not considered al and vavanim. That's masturbation. That's sheikh vazir specifically for the purpose of procreation. It's no more kadosh a form of, uh, of sheikh vazir. Every drop is going to be used for the okay. So they pair one cell, but they, and from hospitals after they do IVF, they also inject the remnants of the sperm uh, because it's halachically a little bit better according to some post it seems. Okay, so it says the Gemara, we're about 12 lines down. The Pasuk needs to say lahem, and it also needs to speak about the birth uh, of children. Maybe we should start the count of generations from the child. It's not correct. The counting starts from the father, not from the child. Therefore, I might have thought that the if a mitzvah 
Ezra's was pregnant and she converted that she and her child are one generation, and that's not true. There's really two generations. Kasav Rachmana, Mamzer. We need to have the drashas in both places that teach us. This is connecting to the din we saw before that we that halach achar psulin that when. A child is conceived from two parents, and one is a puzzle and one's not a puzzle. We look at the puzzle one. We need to say this both by our case of Edomi and Mitzri on one side and Mamzer on the other, because as the Gemara says a third of the way down, because of Rachman Hachav, we only had it by Edomi and Mitzri, Mishum the Bami Tipa Psula, because those people, they're not supposed to be marrying into Klai Israel, and that's a Tipa Psula. They're Zeras Puzzle. Aval Mamzer, but a Mamzer was created, the Bami Tipa Kshera. The Mamzer was created from a Tipa Kshera, the man. Who conceived the mamzer? The relationship was aser, but the tipa itself was actually mutter. Same so, alive, might have misconstrued and had had the wrong idea about the halacha. So therefore, the pasuk had to say both, because of Rachmana Gabe mamzer. And if we only had the din by mamzer that we follow the pasuk mishum dein ra'u olam, because a mamzer is forever forbidden to join the people of halacha in regards to an adomi and a mitzri. Aimalo because they're only restricted for three generations. Therefore, tzricha. Therefore, we need both parameters. We're halfway down an ayin ches aleph, and we're going to be learning version number one of Rav Yochanan. We'll learn version number two shortly, but version number one of Rav Yochanan goes like this. So you have a Mitzri who's a second generation who married a woman who's a Mitzri of the first generation. Which parent do we follow? Because remember, we have to count three generations. So if a Mitzri of the second generation, marries a Mitzri of the first, what is their child? Do we follow the mother of the father? So what does Rabbi Yochanan say? And that shows us because the father was the Shani and the mother was a Rishona, we therefore see it seems to be that the progeny follows the father and not the mother. Says the Gemara, not so Pasha. Masi Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef says we have a Brisa. Rabbi Tarfan Omer Yecholen, this is a big Chiddush. Unbelievable. Maybe a mamzer can find a way to work his way back into Klal Yisrael. Not he himself, but his children. Ketzad. How can it be that this um, that this person who's a mamzer can get his gen- his future generations back into the fold of Klal Yisrael? Says the Gemara, mamzer nosa shivcha. If a mamzer marries a maidservant, havlad eved. Shikhriro, if they free that eved, nimsa ben choran alma basar didasha didanle. What did we say? The mamzer... He, was, uh, he had a baby with a shifcha, and we called the child an evid. Why didn't we call him a mamzer? We see from here that we follow the mother's status and not the father, Kash and Rav Yochanan. Rav Yochanan was of the opinion that if a mitzri man who is a second generation, marries a mitzris woman who's first, the child is third generation, implying we follow the father. But this brisa seems very clear that if a mamzer sleeps with and a woman conceives and she's a shivcha, the child's an evet, that means we follow the mother. Steer, you can't, you can't have it both ways. Says the Gemara, nope, shiny hasam, the case of the mitzris and the adomi are different. I'm sorry, the case of the evet is different. The brisa with Rabbi Tarfon is talking about the evet and the shivcha. That's because the pasuk says how you shall be but you're right. In general, we follow the husband. We follow the father of the baby. He determines. Or if Yochanan's correct, and this question falls to the side because it's a, it's a unique case that's speaking about a shivcha. And by the eved, by a shivcha, it says So the question falls away. Here's another question on version one of Rav Yochanan, two thirds of the way down. Masiv Rava. 
Amr of Yehuda, we saw this Gemara already. Minyamin Ger Mitzri Hayali Chaber Mitamid Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Yehuda says he had a friend named Minyamin who was a Ger from Mitzrayim. The Amr, and this Ger said, Minyamin had said, Ani Mitzri Rishon Venasasi Mitzris Rishona. He said, I'm a first generation Mitzri and I married a woman who's a first generation Mitzri. And then let's see the language that he says about his child and let's try and pick up on the question. Asi, I'm going to marry off Livni, Mitzris Shnia, Kadesha Yehe Ben Bini Roy Levabakal. I'm going to make my son, who will be a Shani, marry a, a Shnia, a woman who is a Shani, so that their next generation will be thirds, and once they're third generation, all as well. But why does the second son, why does the son who's second generation, why do we care who he marries? He can marry a Rishona too. doesn't matter. We always follow the father. If you're going to assume that we always follow the father, then even if the son who's a second generation marries a Rishona, the, the grandchild's still going to be a Shlishi, still going to be Mutter Lavobakal. Says the Gemara, you're absolutely right. There's a problem with that statement of Minyamin. Really, it should say that the that the, um, the, the Shani, the Mitzri Shani, uh, could even marry a Rishona and his child will still be a Shlishis. Now, all of this was version one of Rav Yochanan. The Rav Yochanan was of the opinion that if a uh, Mitzri Shani marries a Mitzri Rishona, that the son will be a Shlishi, meaning that we follow the father. However, Kiyasa Rav Dimi, when Rav Dimi came from Eretz Yisrael, Amar, he said in the name of Rav Yochanan, Mitzri Shani Shinot's a Mitzri Rishona. If you have a Mitzri man who is a second generation Mitzri and he marries a, a first generation Mitzris, Bina Shani Havoy. So now things have changed. In this second version of Rav Yochanan, it seems that we follow the mother. The mother was a Rishona. The father was a Shniya. What's the child of Shniya? Implying that this next generation only follows the mother. Alma basar says the Gemara. That's not so simple. Amar le'abai. How can Rav Yochanan possibly say that? Abai was talking to Rav Dimi. Rav Yochanan was the uh, end of the first century, second century Amora. Rav Dimi was therefore third century. And Abai was fourth century. So Rav Dimi was seemingly a little bit older, just in normal historical realms. Rav Dimi was probably a little bit older. So Abaye was, was asking him Akasha. He says, how can it be that you're right? We have a steer between Rav Yochanan and Rav Yochanan. Rav Yochanan that we just saw right here two lines ago, he said that we follow the mother. However, let's learn from another space in Halacha altogether. Let's say that a person needs to bring a chatas and the animal that they designate to, to be the chatas happens to be pregnant. You can do the kapara with either animal, the mother or the child. They're both begeder chatas, no problem at all. So what's the question? If you want to say that the ubar, the fetus of the cow, is lav yerech imohu, is really not halachically connected to the mother. Then I could understand how each of them is lachrais. Each of them really could be used for a korban chatas. That makes perfect sense with our case. To say that uber lav yerech imo, then this statement of Rav Yochanan is not problematic. Ella, however, according to the opinion that holds, Amris, Last short line on Ayin Chesem Adalaf, if we have a, a shita that holds that when your mafresh achatas me'uberes v'yolda, when a person designates an animal, a cow, for achatas, and that cow happens to be pregnant, if you're of the opinion that ubar is yerech imohu, then havalei vlad chatas, vlad chatas lemisa azil. If you hold that ubar is yerech imo, then that's a problem, because then that animal has to be killed, and that means that Rav Yochanan must be of the opinion that uber is lav yerech imo, the mother doesn't follow, the, the, the child doesn't follow the mother. And if that's true, we just said in version two of Rav Yochanan, 10 lines up, he says, he says that we do follow the mother. 
So says the Gemara, Rav Dimi was ishtik. He didn't have anything to say. It was a great question. Abai pulled a, an ace out of the sleeve. It's a great question to ask against Rav Yochanan. Rav Dimi in the name of Rav Yochanan. So then Abaye was still thinking about, you know, sometimes you ask a question, you're like, your brain is brewing. So Abai just kept talking because Rav Dimi hadn't said anything yet. So Amar Le, Abai is like, you know what? I have an idea. Amar Le, first long line. Maybe, maybe the case above, when we're talking about a Mitzrian and a Domi, and the Mitzri in particular, maybe that's different because there the Pasuk uses the words, Asher um, Yuvaladu, and maybe it's, it's dependent on Leda. Oh, so it's dependent on Leda, then because the Pasuk says Leda, then therefore we, we look at the mother. But but this Bryce is not wrong. Really, Rabbi Yochanan holds that Ubar is Lav Yerachimo, and therefore there's no Kasha from the world of the Chatas. However, in our case, it's not a problem because in our case, we just have a Pasuk, and the Pasuk indicates that by a Mitzri that it's all about birth. So Rav Dimi was thrilled. Rav Dimi thought his shita was going to be knocked out of the water. So the Gemara says, Amar Le Karkafna, Rashi, Adam Chashuv. Karkafna, what a special person. I saw your head, in between the pillars, it's as if you were standing there when Rav Yochanan said this line, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Version number two of Rav Yochanan indicates that we follow the mother. Really, Rav Yochanan broadly holds that we don't follow the mother, we follow the father in regards to Yochsin, not in regards to Jewish status, but in general in regards to tribe status. But in regards to the case of a mitzri, because the the Pasuk says, Asher Yuvaladu. So therefore, there we follow the mother, but in general, we don't. Says the Gemara, hang on one second, three lines from the bottom. Rava. Rava says, You have a woman who's pregnant who converts. So the din is, says the Gemara, the child doesn't need to go to the mikvah. So it's Ubar Bimeimo. She's a goy. She's right now a goy. And while she's pregnant, she decides, I'm done, I'm going through, I'm going through the whole conversion, CRC, Aguda, somewhere from. And she does a good conversion. She jumps into the mikvah, she's Makabelas mitzvos, all is well and good. So when her son is born, does her son need mikvah? The Gemara says no. And says the Gemara, um, uh, so, so therefore, what's going on here is that if we follow the father, then if really Rabbi Yochanan follows the father, then what is, who cares what, whether or not the mother goes to the mikvah? Why doesn't the kid have to go to the mikvah? Says the Gemara, It's a famous din throughout Shas. We've seen this probably a dozen times already in Shas. That Rabbi Yitzchak says that the halacha is that when a person has to go to the mikvah and ruba umakbid alav, 51% robe of their body is covered with some type of chatziza, some type of separation between their body and the water, and umakbid alav, and they wish it was not there, that's considered a chatzita, that's chotzitz. And ruba she'eno makbid, that's 51%, but I don't mind if it's there, so then eno chotzitz. So maybe if that's what's happening, but says the Gemara, that can't be on the top of Ayin Ches and the Beis, and we're going to learn this whole Amud, we're going to wrap up to Ayin Testament Aleph. I'll pick up the pace when we get to the Mishnah. says the Gemara, No, the din of Rav Yitzchak that says Rubo, that uh, that says that you can still, uh, that if you want to be there, it's Rubo Ve'enu Makbet, that the Mikvah should work. That only applies by Rob. So why doesn't this kid have to go to the Mikvah? We don't follow the mother unless it's a Pasuk that has later by Mitzri. So this kid has to go to the Mikvah. says the Gemara, Shani Ubar Ravisa. It's Mamish, it's Mamish a part of her. And Rashi on the top line gives the lumdus of that. It's like her arm. It's like her body. Yes, it's true. She has internal organs that also are inaccessible to the water. Her whole body is still Torah once she goes into the mikvah. We don't distinguish. It doesn't matter. So the baby too. So that's a different case as well. Anudin. Ravina, Amar of Yochanan, Be'umos, Halach Achar Hazachar, Nizgairu, Halach Achar Pagum Shebishnehem. 
In regards to the Umos, the nations of the world, which nations of the world are we talking about? Take a look at Rashi on the third line. It's really ending on the, the second line. La'achad min ha'umos, one of the nations. She'eno mishiva ha'umos ve'eno bechla lo sechayakol neshama. So it says the Gemara, in this over here, that's actually not the right Rashi, I apologize. We'll read, we'll read Rashi in a minute. Here, this Rashi says, be'umos, we're talking about lo sechayakol neshama. How do we determine the seven nations that we're supposed to be killing? Right, we have the seven nations who, who, who were in Eretz Yisrael. The halacha is that lo sechayakol neshama. How do we determine who they are? So it says the Gemara halacha It's like the famous stories about the Gra that when he'd walk in the marketplace, he wouldn't look at people's faces because he can tell if it was ben achar ben of Amalek, and he didn't want to be put in a scenario where he would have to, you know, kill someone. It would cause so many problems for the Jews. But it's a mitzvah doraisa, so not so pasha. Anyways, the Gemara says in regards to the Umos, how do we determine who is begeder lo sechayakol neshama? There we follow the men. Nisgairu, if there's a conversion, then halachachar pogum shebeshneim. We're going to analyze both of these. Ranayin chesam beis, five lines down. Says the Gemara, be'umos, when it comes to the nations of the world, halachachar hazachar, we follow the father. How do we know? Kedetanya. Minayin le'echad mina umos shabala kananis v'holid ben shato reshay leknosu be'eved. How do we know that if one of the nations of the world is intimate with an isha kananis, who we are obligated to kill, v'holid ben, and she has a child that reshay leknosu be'eved, we obviously follow the father, because the father here was not one of the seven nations, just a regular going. Shenemar v'gam ibnei atoshavim agarim imachem, ahem tiknu you're allowed to acquire their children. That's going to be considered an evet. However, says the Gemara, let's say a Kanani uh, who deserves to be killed has a, a baby with a woman, a regular woman of the world, a Goy, the Holy Ben, and that child, you might have thought that we could uh, acquire that person, says the Gemara, not correct. It has to be born in the land. Rashi highlights that we're talking about the fact that the woman is typical to stay in the land. Men traveled all the time. They traveled for war. They traveled for business. Women didn't travel as much as men did. So that's why it's only talking about that. Only the ones that are in the land. But not from the ones that are gerim in the land. And that's how the Gemara highlights these two points, that when it comes to the umos that are begeder, we follow the father. But by a gerus, we look at the one that's worse of the two, provided that they're in Eretz Yisrael. What's the case where we say that a, a child was the product of two different nations. If it's a case of a mitzri that married an Ammonis, that cannot be the case of the Gemara. My She's allowed to be married in, and Ammonis is allowed to be married in. So you need to have both the husband and the wife, the mother and the father, have to have a pagam. So that's the Gemara. That the only prohibition um, of marrying into the Kal with Ammonim is men, but not women. Ella, what must be the case where we say, We're talking about a man, an Ammoni, who's not allowed to marry in, and a Mitzvah who's not allowed to marry in yet. Right? We have to wait a few generations. If it was a man, then if it's a boy, then we follow the man. And if it's a girl, in a have then if it had been in a cave and we followed the father, then she'd be an Ammonis, which is not what it's supposed to be. It has to be strict in this case, because that's what the Gemara is saying, that we have to follow the Pagam. Then Shadjay Basar Mitzris, then she'd be Psula, just like her mother was, which is a Mitzris. The Mishnah writes a quarter of the way down on Ein Chesimid Beis, Lamzerin Venesinin, Hamamzerin Anasin, Asurim, Veisuran Isra Olam, Echad Zacharin, Veechad Nekevos. These two groups of people, Hamamzer, Pesukim and Chomesh, Anasin, we'll see in the Gemara what's going on there. So the Gemara says that their Isra is an Isra Olam, they're never welcome into Klai Yisrael, both men and women. Amar Reish Lakish, I disagree. Mamzeres, Laachar Asara, Doris Muteres. 
a mamzeres, 10 generations, one after the next, mamzeres after mamzeres after mamzeres. Once they break 10 generations, the halacha is allowed, that child is allowed to marry into the tzibur. How does Reish Lakish know this? And parenthetically, what is he going to do with our Mishnah? Because our Mishnah is very clearly not that way. But let's get to that in a moment. Yalifa, Siri, Asir, Mi'amoni, Mo'abi. We have a Gzera Shava. There it says Asiri over here by, um, by our case of Mamzerus. And it also says Asiri by the case of an Amon, Amoni, and Mo'abi. Malahol and Nekevus Mutaros. Just like by Amon and Moab, the women are Mutaros. Afkan by Mamzerus as well, Nekevus Mutaros. Says the Gemara, wait one second. If by Amon and Moab we allow those women to marry in right away because Amoni velo Amonis, Moavi velo Moabis. So then why do we have to wait until the 10th generation? If you're already making a Xerushabal to say that a Mamzeris is allowed to marry in after 10 generations, well, the source that you're learning that from, the Xerushabal is from Amon and Moab, and those women were allowed to marry in right away. Why don't we say by a Mamzeris that it's Mamzer velo Mamzeris, that only a man is restricted and a woman can marry right away, forget 10 generations? Says the Gemara. You can't do more than the words of the Xeroshava. Ki ahani Xeroshava me asiri ve'elach. The Sukkim say ten. Your logic is good. Logic is good, but it doesn't fit with the text. Namely, what does Reish Lakish do with our Mishnah? I understand you have Xero Shabbat. Your Xero Shabbat Siri Asiri to teach us that a Mamzerah says a lot after 10 generations. But what do you do with our Mishnah? Our Mishnah says it's an Isra Olam and it specifically says, last words of the Mishnah we just learned, Echad Zichar Vechad Nekevos. Says the Gemara, Lo Kasha. There's two ways to learn the Xero Shabbat. One Shita looks at the Xero Shabbat that says, once you're learning one thing, we can learn more things. And Hakimanda Amar Don Minav Uki Asra. And the other one says, we look at the Xero Shabbat and then we stop after we learn on one fact. Take a look at Rashi, two-thirds of the way down, maybe a little bit more. It's plucked at Rebelazar of Rebbe Yoshua, the Or Harote. We'll get there. We'll get to that machlokes in Maseches Chulin. And what's Don Mina Omina? Rashi says, We learn everything we can from it. And therefore, Reish Lakish is willing to learn even more to say that she is Muteres, even in the 10th generation, or once she gets to the 10th generation. Says the Gemara, a little bit of a story on this topic. How do we paskin? Do we say that a mamzeres after 10 generations is allowed to marry in? Omar lahem, they never live that long. You find me a mamzer family that lasts for three generations, and I will, uh, and I'll be matahir that person. It's a little tongue in cheek because uh, but the Pasuk doesn't allow it. What he's saying is that these people never live long enough because a Kodesh Baruch who doesn't want the Mamzeras to marry and he'll orchestrate a, an early death, Rahman al-Atzan. Alma Kasavar Mamzera seems to be that he's of the opinion that they never live long lives because, again, a Kodesh Baruch who's protecting it's not fair that we should be stuck with a Mamzer. Wait one second. That's a very long life. If the Mishnah says that they're Asr for Olam, they're also forever. That sounds like they live more than three generations. So how can you say they don't live a long life when the Mishnah says they seem to live a long life? Omar, Rabbi Zerah, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda gave me pshat on this. This is Rabbi Huda, the Amora. When they know they're a mamzer, they can live a long life because they know the din, that they can't marry into the tzibur. But the lo yidiya, when they don't know, lo chaye, and if they are the yidiya, but lo yidiya, if they're not sure, then then they only live up to three generations. Unbelievable. Um, this is like explicit hashgacha pratis, like the Gemara is saying, these people will not live long lives. 
You cannot reverse engineer a young death to save the child's mom. That you cannot do. That's not right. But it does mean that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to protect the Jews to make sure that this person who's unsure of their mom's or status to make sure that they don't marry into Klal Yisrael. What happens now in the world that we live in where I'm sure, you know, in places where the Kiddushin was good, but the get wasn't good, that there are Mamzerim, there are absolutely people walking around who are Mamzerim, less in our community, but certainly out there. So that must be Shomer Psaim Hashem. There must be some element of protection. There was a particular case of a Mamzer who lived in the neighborhood of Ravani. It's like putting the sign on the guy. Hello, I'm a Mamzer. And Bachi Ozil, he was so upset, walking around, crying around the community. Why would you walk around and say that about me? If, even if it's true, it's uncomfortable. So Omar, Omar Lay, Ravami says to him, Chaim Nosati Lach, I just saved your life. You need to know that you're a mamzer, and people need to know that you're a mamzer, because you cannot marry in. And if you don't know and they don't know, you're going to die young. That's not Kedai. And he said, it's better that I should embarrass you now in order to save your life. Let's talk about the Nisinim. The Nisinim are also known as the, the Givonim or the Gavnunim, different shitas. But let's uh, read what we see here in the Gemara, halfway down Ayn Chesmet Beit. The Gemara says, Amr Bar'ada, Nisinim, David Gazar Alem. Nisinim was David who made the Gzera and then that they can't marry in. And we'll see when we get to the top of the Gemara why it is that they can't marry in. This is quite long winded to explain this, but. Uh, all the pieces will tie together beautifully over the course of the next 30, 40 lines. Shina'emar, how do we know that there was such a gzera? So let's start one piece at a time. HaMelech, the king said, David said, you're not welcome in the Jewish people. My time Why was he gozer on them? There was a famine in the times of David, three consecutive years. He said to them, hey, maybe somebody's worshiping idols, because we know that when somebody worship, worships idols, that we lose our rights, our rights. We lose our uh, our food. So they thought maybe Zavodazar, they couldn't find anyone that was violating Zavodazar. Okay, so they weren't sure why they had the famine in year one. Shniad, when it's the second year ahead, so David said, Maybe there are people who are not keeping halacha in general. Forget Avodazar, but Stam not keeping halacha. It's holding back the rains and the late rains. There was no rains. And you're being brazen like a, like a woman who has uh, been mafkir herself. Nobody did Averis. Could you imagine? State of the Union. Nobody does any Averis. It's unbelievable. Shlishi is the third year. Amar lahem shema postgates daka beravim yishbechem veinosnim. Maybe there are people who pledge money, uh, like you know the annual Makor charity campaign, and the great, but then they never pay. Maybe that's the avera. Which, by the way, it's not together avera from year two. It's a fa- fascinating thing. The Gemara doesn't qualify not paying your pledges as a categorical avera. You have to pay your pledges. As a board member, I recommend it. But the Gemara seems to separate out this one from the pack. Interesting. That requires its own research. Says the Gemara, after all, that there was no such thing. Everybody paid all of their pledges. So Omar, David said about himself, and this is a famous line that's taken out of context for the sake of Musar, the leader always takes responsibility. The captain goes down with the ship. David says, it's got to be all dependent on me. Miyad, 
right away when he realized that there was no good reason as to why these three years of consecutive famine were happening, he requested Hashem's face. What does that mean? We went to go ask Eitzah from the Urim My mashma. How do we know that Pnei Hashem is a reference to Urim Tumim? We have a Gzer so Pnei and Lifnei, they're connected. So we went to go ask the Urim Tumim, what should I do? Says the Gemara, by Yomer Hashem, Yomer Hashem, uh, that there were two issues, Hashem says, El Shaul ve'al beis hadamim al asher hemisa agivonim. One was, was a matter about Shaul, and one was about a murder that took place with the givonim. El Shaul, when it came to Shaul, Shalom nisbeit ke'alacha, David didn't give him a proper eulogy. Now, this was 30 years after he died. We'll see on the top of the next page, but he didn't give him a proper eulogy. What was the second thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed through the Urim Batumim that David had done wrong? Says the Gemara ve'al beis hadamim, there's nowhere in Tanakh that indicates that Shaul killed the Gibonim. So what is it exactly that we're talking about here? Because Shaul killed the city of Nov Yerakohanim, a whole terrible Misa that took place in Tanakh. And because Nov fed the city of Givonim. So therefore, if A equals B and B equals C, therefore A equals C, it's as if when Shaul killed uh, the city of Noah, by proxy, he also killed the city of Givonim. Says the Gemara, what a funny thing. Look at the two things that Kaddish Baruch Hu says to David. Number one, you didn't give enough cover to Shaul. Number two, Shaul's a murderer. <laughs> so says the Gemara, First you tell me that I wasn't treating Shaul nicely. I didn't give him a nice hespit. And then you come down with like murder in the first degree in the same breath. The katava ala sher hemis Says the Gemara, in. Yes, that's how things work. When you get your, your judgment, your good deeds are also mentioned at the same time. So David got his Musr. When he went to HaKadosh Baruch and said, what were the two things I did wrong? Number one is that he didn't give a good husband. Number two is that Shaul did, did things that were bad. So that's why we're that's why we're having these famines, these three years of consecutive famines. Amar David, Shaul, Nafkalu, who trace our Yarche. Shata, we already have exceeded the 12 months afterwards. And says the Gemara, it's not appropriate. Rashi, top of the page. The 12 months is true. We're not, we're not masbid after that. That's for sure. But Rashi says, this is not to say that he died 12 months ago. He died almost 30 years ago. And then Rashi goes through the details of how that happened. So back in the Gemara, what about the Nisinim? So we'll go, we'll go ask whoever's left from the Nisinim, which is the Givonim, the people who are mostly wiped out by, by Shaul, by proxy, through uh, having killed No. Let's go to the Nisinim, Nikrin, who let's call them, Sinhu, and we'll try to appease them so that they can forgive us. And once we get Mechila, the, the, the fasting, the, uh, the famine will stop. Says the Gemara, So they reached out to the Givonim, what can we do to get forgiveness from you? Please tell us. We don't want your money. We don't want any of that. We don't want to have a big battle. All we want is give us seven people who are his descendants. And what does that mean? Rashi, fifth, sixth line. Give us seven people to hang them. So that's what they wanted. They didn't want money. They just wanted revenge. So says the Gemara, um, they tried still again, oh, come on, is there anything else we can do? Like, we need your forgiveness. We all have a famine here. We're not giving you seven people to hang. That's not the way we do things. We, we protect our own. It says the Gemara, eight lines down on Ayin Testament, a famous, famous Gemara. 
Says the Gemara, Omar, David HaMelech says, this is not right. The Jewish people have these three traits, that we're merciful people, we have a degree of busha, and we're gomle chasadim. Rachmanim, what is this feature of ours, that we're Rachmanim, that's the Pasuk that supports the idea that we're Rachmanim, that we have some Yirash When a person recognizes that they're standing before a Kaddish Baruch Hu. By definition, they recognize that they have nothing. <laughs> There's nothing. The greatest of the greats. Uh, the, the, the liturgy that we have in the Siddur, every day in the paragraph of the Lam Yehei, the difference between man and animal is basically zero. Mm-hmm. Basically zero. Uh, the Maharal is a beautiful word on this, on, uh, on, uh, on the word Adam, the Gematria is Ma. Is Ma. What will be with the person? But with the behema, it's ba-ma. In it is what you get. You get nothing more than this. It's corned beef. That's done. The whole conversation is short. But with an app, with a person, ma, he can still choose some of the things that he does to distinguish us between man and animal. But klape shmaya, yes, we have decisions that we can make that are chashav. We're all sitting and learning. We could have stayed home. So there are chashav decisions that we make that are life-altering for our families, for ourselves, for sure. But uh, to say that uh, to say that we're an animal isn't so far off the truth either. So it says the Gemara, we know that there's some Yirash HaMaim. Always taking care of your family. Anyone who has these three Midos, welcome to the Jewish people. These are the parameters. This is what we look for in people. Right? Conversion, you still got to go through the whole process, but that is the simon. But that's not the case when it comes to the people of Givon who were not willing to give in. They did have revenge. They didn't have Rachmanos. We're going to stop right here in Mir Tashem, pick up tomorrow night, continuing the sugya. Wishing you all a beautiful night.